I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Break Evans brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy. Reach out to Tony and the team. They'll take care of you. They'll make it all easy for you, as we said. Speaking of making it easy, for me this weekend, Joey Manu did me a huge favour. Not making it so easy for my co-host, Timmy Williams. Welcome back, mate. Yeah, hey, mate. I uh, didn't actually see much footy on the weekend. I haven't checked my Supercoach team, so I don't know how I went. But, uh, nah, the Stallions, Stallions are in mourning. As, yeah. as a non-Joey Manu owner, uh, a rash decision on the scoos to uh, turn him into Brian Toto just before round 17 has not paid dividends. That into a Ryan Pappenhaus skipper Sunday afternoon. Tough one. Mate, it was awkward when you came in this morning and I tried to give you the top 100 handshake, but you obviously didn't. <laughs> not, not in the club, missed out. Stonecutter stuff. Um, yeah, it's been a huge week as far as uh, Supercoach goes. Obviously, it was the separated by those that captained Manu, then those that VC'd Manu, then those that didn't do anything with Manu, then those that didn't have Manu. So it really has been a big <coughs> round. Uh, Tim, I guess it goes to show that anything can fucking happen. This competition, it's still wide open. Yeah, exactly right. And that's why I always get... It, it annoys me when people say, oh, I'm 500 behind top spot or I'm 1,000 behind top spot. Uh, there's only 10 rounds to go. Like, I'm out. It'd take a miracle. Like, crap. We see how quickly things can change. I was about five, 600 off top score on the weekend. Uh, based off, like, my team went fine. I just didn't own one player. And then my captain went down injured after 15 minutes and he was on, like, 34 at the time already. So the, the ebbs and flows of Subic happened so quickly. And it's why... I'm pretty good at what I'm watching Supercoach and following the game that when these things happen during games and weekends don't go your way, you're not going to top score every week. You're going to have your, your low weeks. And if you get upset by it, it'll just ruin a whole weekend of footy and socialising and all that sort of thing. So, you know, what goes around comes around. Yeah, and I think this weekend in particular, you've obviously, we'll talk about it later, but you've got Nathan Cleary and Nico Hines playing each other who are by far and away the two best Supercoach players left after Pappy went down. So with those two playing each other, I reckon it really opens it up this weekend. And if you hit the right captain and they go big, mm. this could be one of the biggest weekends of the season, in my opinion. So it went from being teams thinking they were by around 18, 19, all right, I make two or three trades, then my team's set up for the run home, I've got everyone I want, to this week. Harry Grant being, I think, the 10th most traded in last time I checked. Dave Fafita not in the top 10. Uh, buyers such as Daly Chevry Evans, for those who don't own, Ruben Garricks, Joey Manus, James Tedesco's, Latrell Mitchells, all these, like Brian Totos, all becoming like what we'd nearly consider must-haves. And swaggers of people don't own numerous of these players, which makes me think, oh, there's a lot of opportunity to make up ground. So, yeah, you need a bit of luck to fall your way, but... 
there's still opportunity. And opportunity is going to be a key word today. And we're going to talk about a lot of the, especially in your position where you can yeah. make up ground in a few different ways. And I, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity the to go strat- around. The strategy has changed in the past uh, couple of days. No doubt sure. about it. It's come from a dark, dark place. <laughs> yeah. We've come out the other side. So on the weekend, uh, I made a, as you know, it's funny, Tim mentioned a drunken decision a few weeks ago to get rid of Manu. I made a drunken decision to captain him on the weekend. Um, <laughs> and that's paid huge dividends. Apologies to everyone at the Doncaster Hotel that had to listen to my fucking dribble uh but 1476 for me cracked into the top 100 uh 92 overall at the moment to me how'd you go on the weekend uh 1181 so as i said outside of those two players with pappy and manu my players went fine uh but i did drop something like 260 odd spots to 372 i thought it'd be more to be honest seeing some of the scores out there to top ranked sides uh, obviously i dropped uh, a lot of points difference between uh, sort of the top 10 to top 100 I thought I'd be well well lower on that. So uh, still achievable, but as I said, uh, there'll have to be a bit of a rethink of the strategy if I'm serious about finishing top spot. Without sounding like a dickhead, I agree. I thought you'd drop further. I thought I'd go up more as well. Yeah. It, it was it was very impressive how many guys didn't captain Manu and still scored high 1300s. That, like, oh, I thought I would shit in. I was sort of expecting a top 50, maybe even a top fucking 30. Um, so, yeah, we'll take it, though. Top 100, Timmy's still well and truly in the race. We've both still got a fair whack of trades up our sleeves. We'll talk about trades later. Uh, we're joined once again by the water boy, Matty. What's doing, mate? What's going on, boys? Bit, uh, a bit later this week, which is good. Lovely, yeah. We, we've enjoyed the sleeping. It's been, been amazing. Um, it was a little bit later as well. Do you want to share that little yarn with us? Yeah, I decided to... Um, Gordon Ramsay down there. Yeah, I decided to... <laughs> I bit off more than I could chew this morning and cooked with, a, with the lesser of the two pots and I spent 15 minutes trying to scrape out... Scrape out pasta, and that's why we're a bit late today. But oh, that's one of right. the great reasons to be late of all time. <laughs> I thought there's no point lying. I might as well just, just say the dumbest excuse of all time. Oh, I appreciate honesty. <laughs> I really do, especially in that situation. Maddie, the super coach side, um, touched it, looked at it. Does it exist? Look, I am heavily, heavily invested in this one tipping comp at the moment. And unfortunately, that is where all of my concentration lies at post origin i think i've officially given up on super coach i forgot to do my trades <laughs> after round 17 i forgot to do my trades in round 17 um yeah I, I've, I've slipped out of the top fifty thousand. i think i think this is i think i might have to uh concentrate on 2023 yeah fair shout unless you're beating maddie <laughs> oh me and maddie nearly staged to walk out on monday i'll, I'll do it again i'll do it again <laughs> all right um now our group for beers and break evens uh that has all been locked for a couple of weeks now that's all done and dusted but uh there is still two thousand dollars up for grabs there prize money so at the moment we've got rob he coaches let's go brandon he's fifth overall first in our group uh, Jacob, he's eighth overall, second in our group. The Bearded Clams, 11th overall, third in our group. Uh, Mitchell's 14th overall and fourth in our group. And Porch Lights, 21st overall, fifth in our group. As far as the top 100 goes, we have got... How many people have we got here? 18 people in there. I'm sitting 16th overall in our group. So, fingers crossed, I can make my way back up there and really piss all of you off. Great but name just above you, ACDCE. <laughs> There's a couple of good ones in there. That's a ripper. A couple of good ones. A couple of uh, other Supercoach content creators in there as well, which is good to see. Uh, but, yeah, Rob, he is leading our comp fifth overall. Congratulations to Rob. I think he actually reached out to me the other day. Not sure if I responded. I've been pretty sick last few days. So send me another message, mate, and we can have a quick little yarn there. Mate, should we get into... 
Teamless. To get stuck in. So Thursday night footy back this week. We've got the Parramatta Eels taking on the Brisbane Broncos at 7.50. Ryan Madison has been named at 13. Whether he plays or not remains to be seen. I'm still hearing that he's got his niggling rib injury. Got any mail on Maddo at the moment? Uh, the mail will be out tomorrow morning, but uh, not at this stage. I do know he's been in all sorts with it. Like He's yeah. been in a world of grief. So despite being named, he's not locked in at this stage. We've got Payne Haas, Paddy Carrigan, and Kirk Catewell coming to the Broncos' side. Still no sign of Selwyn Cobbo out on the sting, uh, which, Kurt, that I'm playing in draft this weekend, I'm very, very stoked about. Friday, we've got the Dragons taking on the Manly Seagulls. Now, Moses Sully has been ruled out. Uh, a guy that I know one of our mutual mates, Stevie Hebner, he had in his classic team. Decent little pod to have, Sully. Um, I think if you had him, not many, no, no one else was really talking about him. That would be a pretty disappointing one for you. Manly's a little bit more interesting. Uh, Gerbo and Davey are out. So Sipley comes into the 13, but you would have to assume that Joshy Schuster, he will get the start in the back row. Now, I know a lot of, or some people, picked up Josh Schuster in the lead up to whenever his bye weekend was. So there's a few people that would still have Josh Schuster sitting on their pine that would have been a huge pain in the ass for them the last few weeks. Uh, he could be an interesting one this weekend, Schuster. Uh, I don't have a lot of things to gloat about you over this week. We'll have a crack at you for, for obvious reasons, but Andrew Davey has been named. Yeah, but he's got COVID. I think it's been confirmed over the last 24 hours. I could Has be wrong. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's, it's interesting because, well, there's another one out the window for me. Um, yeah. Schuster, I mean, you wouldn't go in this week, but in terms of players, you're trying to free up cash. Yeah. He's like 230K, break even about 70. Like, he could be sub 200K soon as a bloke who, if he does get a start, if a half goes down, DC or Foz go down, either of the back rollers go down or even if he wins an 80-minute roll again, which could happen so quickly, he becomes a 60-point average player that you've picked up for 200K. So when people are all looking at someone like Hosking uh, to free up cash for a bit more, yes, he's an 80 nightmare at the moment, but so is Hosking, to be fair. Um, Schuster, I don't mind him. I don't mind it either. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping a really close eye on him. Do your own research on the Andrew Davey COVID, but I'm pretty sure I saw that yesterday. Mm. Uh, but ha have a look yourself. Keep an eye on it. If so, Schuster could be a really interesting guy. And, I mean, he could probably come out and score 70 this weekend and still lose money based on his last yep. few games. So Nothing's and, jumping out at me, but I've, have, I've only looked for the last minute. I'll... I'll shout it if I can find it. I might have been talking shit. God knows. <laughs> but we'll see what happens, maybe. Um, now, the other thing I want to mention and something that I've just heard whispers around, Tommy Turbo, looks like he could return potentially for the finals for Manly. Um, I've heard that you could see him round 25, round 24 as well. If Manly are maybe fighting to get into the top eight, just keep an eye on Turbo. And, you know, obviously, classic-wise, if it happens then, then we'll have that discussion. It'll be super exciting. Maybe keep a trade up your sleeve for a Turbo. But... I think if you're in draft comps, I, I did it this morning, grab Tommy Turbo. If he's sitting on the free agent list, just chuck him on your bench, see what happens. If you get to the week before grand final or grand final week itself, we were looking this morning, the Manly Seagulls play the Canterbury Bulldogs, Penrith, Melbourne, Parramatta, Cowboys, all these teams, they might rest all their guns. And if you happen to have a Turbo there, fuck, you could do worse to me. Way to throw out the, uh, tra the long-term trade plans of 150,000 super coaches. Tommy Turbo, round 25 against the Bulldogs. Can you imagine having you trade up your sleeve to bring him in for that? Uh, so head-to-head, -head, the head-to-head -head finals are a bit of a, not a shambles this year, but they have been thrown about a little bit because of the different numbered leagues. Uh, and really good move uh, by the those at Supercoach HQ putting finals from round 21 to 24 this season rather than round 25. 
because of all the mass restings and the grand finals were just decimated squads. Uh, so I like that. So I assume is it the same for draft in that the grand final will be around 24, not 25? Depends on your comp. Mine's still doing 25, hence why I've brought him in. Yeah. But if it is 24, it does make it a little bit harder for him to come back. But I, I, I was having a look today. Apparently, he's meant to be fully fit six weeks before the World Cup is meant to kick off. That would have him around 25. Bringing in, you're sitting like 50th overall or 30th overall. You, nobody owns Tommy Turbo. You've got a trade left. You bring him in, skip him. <laughs> could be anything. It, it really could. Yeah, could I, I definitely think people should be considering it. I think if you're playing in a draft comp right now, and if you're someone like me that had the Ralph Wiggum heart torn out of them last weekend <laughs> with Ryan Pappenhausen getting injured. I think it's a punt worth taking. You had your heart torn out. Yeah, it was. You speak to a non-Joey Manu owner and a Pat. I, I actually, once the Pappy thing happened, I had no sympathy for you yeah. whatsoever. I was distraught. Um, all right, let's move to the late game on Friday night. We've got the Newcastle Knights taking on the Sydney Roosters. Uh, Heimel Hunt on the wing, Barnett at lock. Uh, Barnett is a guy that, Obviously, people brought him in for round 17. Didn't score overly well last week. Shock me, Fitzgibbons come from the fucking stars oh. to get a back row spot again. Are you a Barnett owner? You are, aren't you? Uh, no, I'm not. No? If you were, are we worried? Are we selling? What do you I'd reckon? be selling my entire night's contingent, probably other than David Clemmer, uh, just because he's doing a rock-solid job there. But Barnett, there's just too many back rows going around. We know that they obviously love Fitzy. They drop him for a couple of weeks and then they'll bring him back and he'll play 80 minutes for the rest of the year. Like, who knows with them? Kurt Mann as well coming back into that squad. Uh, so I think it's time to move him on for a gun back row forward. And Knights players in general I'd be staying away from, aside from one player that we'll get to a little bit later. We'll get to him very soon. I'll tell you what, I thought it was a bit stiff. Has Heimel Hunt, he's come in to replace um, the young bloke from England on the wing, Dominic Young. Um bit rough, isn't it? I think Dominic Young's been pretty good. Well, Dom Young had a, I think it might have been rib, rib, rib issue. Rib, was it? Okay. Yeah. So that'll be, if he's good to go, Dom Young will Everything come in. comes in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move to the Sydney Roosters. Joey Manu. <clears throat> thought I'd sent him into a fit there just mentioning that name. Moves back to centre. Uh, Luke Keery comes in at six. Nat Butcher comes into the second row. Tilly Tupanua ruled out for the season, unfortunately. Uh, and Matty Lodge, he also starts here. I guess we'll talk about Joey Manu soon, but as a non-owner, must be stoked to see him at centre. Let's talk about Joey Manu now and get him over and done with. Um, (laughs) Rip the band-aid off. Yeah, thank God he was named at centre because owned by, you know, particularly after this week, he'll be close to 100% of those top-ranked teams. If I'm chasing ranks, which we'll get to strategy again a little bit later on, but... I just don't think I'm achieving much by getting him back in. At centre, I'm happy, not happy to, but I'm willing to forego him and go... Go a pod route elsewhere. Uh, if it was named at 5'8 again, say Sammy Walker, they did opt to go Sammy Walker or Kiri off the bench, you just have to get him in because like, he's almost a lock for a ton playing fullback or, or in the yep. halves. Um, so at centre, at 800k, I'm, I'm willing to look elsewhere. It's going to be a terrifying watch each week, but historically at centre, he hasn't scored that well. Uh, when I say not well, not up to 800k's worth. Uh, so I'll be taking a gamble and not going Manu. If there is news coming out that it is starting in the halves... There'll be more drama. As a hypothetical, as you said, if Manu is playing six or one, he's just about a lock for a ton. Let's say we get into the preseason and Touchwood doesn't happen. One of the Roosters halves or Tedesco does an ACL, they're out for the year. Manu, as far as draft competitions, for example, does he become number one, number two, number three pick? Do you take him in front of Cleary, Turbo, Pappy? Where would you sort of have him sitting? I know he did his damage at 5'8", but yeah, at fullback, where he just has a million runs doesn't really have to worry about passing too much. Like, 
he'll base probably 40-odd, mm. and then his power base, throwing in tackle breaks, a couple of off- offloads, that sort of stuff. His floor's probably like 70, 80 points. And then you throw in his attacking stats. So, like, he could be number one in draft if he was locked into a fullback role for the season. Well, I genuinely think he could be number one. Yeah. I mean, we, like, we've obviously only seen it in small sample sizes. Doing it across 25 weeks is a completely new challenge. Mm. But from what he's shown us, oh. how scary is it every time he gets into dummy half? You just the the, re, the referee's just about ready to award the try. When Angus yeah. Crichton got tackled and you see him push Sam Verrills out of the way, you just went, okay, here we go. And, try. And that's that's the other issue with uh with antipod him, continuing to antipod him. You know, if we run loose on trades and have two or three to go back into the season and he's nine hundred and fifty K and there is an injury move to halves or fullback for the rest of the season, it's almost like put a line through it, you're done, mate. So there's a lot of risk involved in it. Uh We'll see how we go. Mate, Nat Butcher's the other one I want to touch on really quickly. He moves into the second row. We've seen him there during the year. With Satilli now there, I think that, that locks him into a role there for the rest of the season. Could he be a bit of a pot option in a pretty good side there? Uh, he could, but there are so many red-hot back rolls going around. Nobody owns Cam Murray. Bugger all. Well, actually, a lot brought in David Fafita last week, but a stack stood on, on him. I think Ryan Madison wants back and fit is a better mm. option as well. So there's so many great options. It's good news for Angus Crichton, who... Like he plays eighty minutes for the rest of the year now. Like there's there's always from what we saw early in, on in the year where he played off the bench in limited minutes, can get moved in the middle at times. Some risk that he moves to the bench, but now that uh, Satili's unfortunately gone, it's Crichton's locked into eighty. Shout out to our good mate, uh, the Supercoach Spy, who relived one of the great moments of <laughs> Angus getting tackled and Manu into dummy half. It was like it was like it was a living nightmare for the, the poor bastard. Very quick recap: the Spy owned uh, Angus Crichton, played him. Got dragged by the shorts by Amon, four centimetres from the try line from scoring a try, being at 30-odd points. And then he didn't own Joey Manu, who scooted from dummy half, scored for 60, 70-odd points as captain. It was a 100-point swing, as he said, in four seconds. Yeah, rough as guts. And, and again, that's another example of you can come from a decent way back. You need yeah. luck to go your way, but 100 points in four or five seconds. Insane. Let's move to Super Saturday. We've got the Raiders taking on the Warriors at 3pm for the Raiders. Hopawate on the wing. Um, mate, I felt very sorry for James Schiller off the try of the season, if not one mm. of the tries of the season. But Hopawate as well, I am happy to see him finally get an opportunity. He's had so much promise for so long and he's just been unlucky time and time again. What I want to talk about this Raiders side though at the moment, Ricky, um, he's gone back to the coach's handbook on how most teams name their <laughs> forward pack and their bench. Three forwards on the bench. Are you anticipating they will run out this way? If so, Tapanay and Elliot, a bit of a stinger? Mate, I have no idea what's going on. Try, yeah. Trying to predict what Ricky's going to do with his bench rotation each week because it chops and changes so often. Uh, what I will say is, though, that Corey Howie Naira was very good on the weekend. I think he's an elite NRL talent, and yep. I can't believe he isn't a starter, or at least a top 17 every week. So he was really good. Set up a brilliant try. It was actually Schiller's first try on the weekend. So maybe he's gone. I need him on my bench. He's also versatile. Like, yeah. He can cover backline if needed. So maybe that's the way he goes going forward. In terms of Elliot and Tappany, Maybe, maybe it eats into their minutes. Probably more so Adam Elliott than Joe Taffney because he's been, you know, top couple of props in the game the last six to eight weeks and then some. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. For the Warriors, they've made a couple of changes. Reese Walsh in the 14 jersey, Chanel Harris-Tavita in the one. Assi comes in in the six. Volkman and Assi actually played Q Cup together last week. They had a huge win. They were both really good. It's almost like that was a playoff for this jersey and mm. Assi's got it. CHT fullback, obviously not really super casual later, but... A bit of an odd one considering he's not going to be there next year. It is. And you sort of think, all right, 
Reese Walsh going to the bench is lunacy. But then you're like, oh, they're planning for next year and, and looking elsewhere. But CHT's also not going to be mm. there. And Reese Walsh is their most attacking threat, biggest attacking threat by a mile. Uh, it's a bit weird, but yeah. not overly super much relevant. Guys, you might have locked in your trades this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. If you've got no idea where to start, I'm definitely guilty of being in this boat, shoot Pat and George Morgan's Choice a message on Instagram or give them a call on 02-9521-1611 and mention the special code SC Playbook for a free consultation while they'll take care of the rest. It doesn't matter what state you're based in, they're good blokes and more importantly... They're guns at Supercoach. You'd be mad if you don't. Panthers and the Sharkies at 5.30. Probably game of the week. Really looking forward to this one. Uh, Panthers, uh, Spencer Lenu, who's on the extended. Eisenhuth on the bench. Not overly relevant. But Katoa's been ruled out. Um, A huge kick in the dick if you had him. I personally, I've never owned him this year. But the last few weeks when I've watched him, he always looks good. But he just, I imagine he would have been frustrating as all hell because Raymond wasn't giving him the fucking ball. Imagine people that, like... They wouldn't be disappointed by Katoa's output yeah. the last few weeks, having brought him in, but just Ramian, who's gone bonkers and just does not pass the ball, does I, he? I don't know whatever... Well, I don't know what Katoa's average was the last four weeks, but I'm confident it could have been 50% higher oh. if it was any other centre inside him, really. Yeah. And credit to Ramian, he scored a heap of tries. It haven't been bad calls, but... Yeah, for um, super coaches. Yeah, for super coaches, a real stinger. An extra trade that people have to use, which we love to see. Uh, Connor Tracy comes in on the wing. Siffart retains his spot in the centre, and Britton Nakora comes back in as well. I think just on that one, before we move on, I think we're both looking to sit a few Sharkies, particularly yep. outside backs this week. So we're both Molly Tarlow owners uh, against Penrith in Penrith, who are... With all the Origin contingent coming back, full strength, they'll be so pissed off after the Origin decider. They'll be fresh. Uh, I, like I, I tinkered with sitting Nico Hines. I won't do it, but any other players. Like I ended up selling off Sifa last week, yep. and that was just because with all the outs, quality in the side was getting a little bit scarce, and I was stacked in the back row and centre. Um, also with the logic that if he does come back from his little, well, his one-week layoff and looks really good, which there's every chance he does and scores well. One of my six back rollers, then one of my seven CT dubs is going to go down injured. So after this week, when it goes into the soft draw, if I want to get him back, it can be done. But um, yeah, like if I own, still own Siffa, I'd be sitting him this week as well. I was looking the other day at like Siffa and Isaac Tungo, I mean, I don't know how anyone could possibly afford to still have them in the CTWs. There's just too much talent out there to get at my yeah, balls and, on, and, I reckon. And that's... And, and, I was pretty strong on holding Siffer for the season, so I did make a late change last week. Um, unsurprisingly, also as did I. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was because I wanted him and Tungo to to have that flexibility to interchange between CT dub and back row. But then when I reassessed it and looked at my back row, and my CT dub, I'm like, I have stacks of options in both. Positions. I don't yeah, need to interchange need them. So. Yeah. No, for sure. I agree. Um, let's move to the Bunnies and the Storm game. 7.35 Saturday for the Bunnies. Uh, Jed Cartwright at centre. Murray and Cook are back. Cartwright, though, obviously a lot of people brought him in round 17. Uh, I was always a little bit worried that he might become an AE sort of guy. So what I didn't fucking anticipate. He to be the <laughs> starting centre for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, wild. Well, probably throw to Maddie over there for this one. Does it stay that way or does someone like Mansour come in, do you think? It's a bit weird. I, I, didn't, think, the, I didn't even think it was very good, to be honest. I don't think it was that good in the first place the last few weeks. I think Tane Milne's made a few bad errors in defence. So I think, you know, he's slowly turning into a back row. So they've put him in reserve grade this week. 
Um, I think it's just because of that. I, I don't know if it'll stay that way, to mm. be honest. Have you got Richie Kennar in your squad still? Uh, He's been playing center all year in reserve grade. I wouldn't be shocked to see him maybe coming to this side as well. That Cartwright thing, it just doesn't seem to be a good fit. Um, yeah, Kennar's jersey 20. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see him come in. Oh, surely he comes into that side. You'd have to think so. Um, That's what we've got. Uh, so, Cartwright out. Bolo center, and then he comes in on the wing. Or Kenner oh, plays I, center. I, I can Kenner could play. Ken, I, I, Ken I, I don't know if I want to play Jackson in the centers nah. anymore. I don't think I can watch that any longer. Yeah, that ha- that ha- um, he's got a hat trick in his first game of the season for them, yeah. Kenner. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a t- and he's been killing it in cup as well. Sure. Anyway, um, we'll deal with that when it comes for the Melbourne Storm. Ryan Pappenhausen is out. Fucking devastating. Nick Meaney named at fullback. Tyron Wishart on the wing. And Grant Anderson in the 14. Uh Probably the biggest kick in the dick of the weekend, I would say. Yeah, although he'd probably score 11 as a starter and about six off the bench, <laughs> so it probably doesn't change too much. Much of a uh, muchness, yeah. And another one that I anticipate, it's got to be every chance of changing, doesn't it? Come game day. Like, Wishart is a 14, like a great utility. He's not a noted winger. And Anderson, you know, he's, he's had Bellamy's faith this season. Surely that changes. If you, uh, we haven't talked Captain VCs yet, but if you manage to get a VC like Manu last week, 168, and Anderson stays as it is, do you use a trade on Anderson to try and get those points at this point of the season? Um, no. No, still no? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think, I mean, 190 is a lot, but a trade is so valuable at this stage of the season. All right, let's move to the Sunday afternoon games. We've got the Canterbury Bulldogs and the Gold Coast Titans from 2 p.m. Uh, still no sign of Luke Thompson. I heard them mention the other day on yeah. the call that he went over, he went back to England for personal reasons, has come back. I'm starting to get more and more worried that we might not see Luke Thompson again this season. It's getting a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, I said, do my late mail each week, and every time you get to the doggies, get to Thompson, it's like I saw the same mail that he was back over here with concussion symptoms were clearing. He's got to get named, and... Yeah, still not even so. in the extended. Nothing. Nah, it's, yeah, nah, very, it's a bit very odd. concerning. Um, for the Gold Coast Titans, Booth he remains in the nine jersey. I, I imagine you guys would have spoken about this quite a bit mm. on Monday. Uh, I've been calling for Booth for quite some time, and Aaron Clark moved back to the bench. I thought Aaron Clark looked unreal in the Oof. lock forward role the other day. Supercoach wise, he absolutely killed it. And Jaden Campbell also snuck in in jersey seventeen for the Gold Coast Titans. There, anything to touch on in that game or? Uh, not really, other than probably Dave Fafida. I He was my move for C for last week. Yep. Uh, very happy to have him, especially with all these other buyers emerging. As I said, he may have by now, but he wasn't in the top 10 most traded in this week, which excites me. Uh, do yeah, you have same. him yet? Or? Yeah, I got him for C for last week too, yeah. Great minds, great minds. Um, <laughs> let's move to the Cowboys and the Tigers' last game of the week. And it also should be noted that I'm pretty sure this game will be the only one played in dry, dry weather this weekend. Uh, so it could be a very interesting one. It's up there in North Queensland. Cowboys who will get Val Holmes, Nanai and Dearden back. Leilua moves into the front row forwards, which we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, for the Tigers, not much changes there. Uh, Jacko is still in the 13 jersey, but it should be noted that uh, Jimmy the Jet and Nofaluma are on the extended. So you might see some changes there. But that Cowboys game looks pretty juicy. Oh, it does. And obviously, Drinky's the one that springs to mind there. Val Holmes, I know people are really keen on this week. Uh, they're attacking contingent. Uh, like they're, they're, they're at winks-like odds, the cows, for this, and probably rightly so. Uh, could be points galore. For sure. Let's move to our Blue Wealth Hot Property Player of the Week prediction. Last week, we did pretty well. I had 
DCE, I think he scored 110 or so. Timmy had Teddy, who also did very, very well this week. I'm going to go with Scott Drinkwater. Bounce back from last week. I think he scored 41. Pretty poor performance there by him. I'm going to back him to go 100-plus against the West Tigers on Sunday afternoon. Timmy, who you got? Uh, I was going to go with Taylor May initially, but I'm going to go with Cam Munster. I'm not convinced on the Bunnies. They've been great with the trail back, but... Melbourne, with Pappy out now, I think Munster probably ups his role. Probably a little bit more involved, when, at least in terms of taking the line on. Uh, three losses in a row. They'll be so fired up for this one. And I'm also really keen to see where the bunnies are actually at, because we're about to find out. But uh, Cam Munster, the mad dog to go nuts. Scotty Drinkwater and Cam Munster, our predictions. Let us know in the comments who your Blue Wealth Hot Property player of round 19 will be. Give us your hot predictions there, and we'll have a little review of it next week as well. All right, let's get into our topics for the week. Our good mate, Adam DeRussi, he's been uh, he's been bunkered down somewhere in the world doing whatever the hell it is DeRussi's always doing. Absolutely love him and what he does. He's come up with some really interesting stats this week. Probably most relevant for the top 100 or so when it comes to trades, but I think there's some interesting numbers to come out of it. And I'll hand it over to Timmy now. Yeah, so Ads has come up with the top 100 teams on average prior to making their trades this week, 5.9 players, uh, sorry, trades left. Very, very skimp. This falls to an average of 4.8 amongst the top 20 teams. So you'd imagine most of them probably own Ryan Pappenhausen in there. There might be some other key players. If a lot of them are looking to use one to two trades within the top 20 teams, they're going to have three trades left after this week, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, big numbers there. That's, uh, that's insane. Obviously, like myself, I think I'm... I'm sitting with eight trades, and I think there's 11 of us that are sitting with eight in the top 100. But, mate, some, some, some of the, someone in the top 10 has eight trades left. Yeah, so we're very well positioned uh, in that one, isn't it? It's, there's so much to dissect from that little chart. Um, like, like there's, there, there's six people out of the top 10 that have more than five trades left. I think that is an incredible knock. Yeah. yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, very but, impressive. Uh, so then tying into another one. On my drive to the studio this morning, I had six mates come down with COVID, uh, obviously mm. based around the Sydney region. And as I'm, <coughs> apologies, as I'm hearing this and get speaking of COVID, um, as I'm trying to work out my trades for the week and worrying about depth as I always do, always a concern. Copying all these messages, going like at some point. I know we don't want to speculate and play doctor, but we will. Mm. It's got to hit the NRL at some point. We've already seen it hit in recent weeks with Nico Hines, Toby Rudolph, a bunch of others, uh, potentially Andrew Davey, to be confirmed. So I'm just thinking, God, I want to get Deadwood out of my team and and just get as close to 25 active players as I can because I think we're going to need it. Yeah. Well, hopefully the NRL players aren't going to the same orgies that you are each weekend with your mates. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, Yeah, no, but I think that uh, depth is going to be a serious thing in the run home. I'm glad I've got a lot of trades up my sleeve. I'm going to blast a lot of them over the next week or two, though. So it's going to be interesting. I'm also keeping that little Tommy Turbo trade up the sleeve as well. See what happens. If I wasn't rattled after the Manu call, I'm rattled after that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now... My trades this week, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward for myself. Uh, I'm going to bring in Val Holmes. Uh, I've been talking about him the last few weeks. I'm definitely keen on him. And then I think I'm going to bite the bullet, bring in Harry Grant this week. I don't think Grant's been as impressive as I thought he would probably over the last... I I know he's had origin and whatnot, but I just feel similar to Cam Munster. I feel like without Pappy, a lot more is going to fall on the head of Harry Grant. And without Brandon Smith out, I think it's a must. I'm pretty set on those two. My only decision I've got to make is whether I trade Cam McInnes or 
my little wild card jazz to Harry Grant, working out which one I do. Which one would you go for <laughs> if, if I put that to you? Jazz or Cam McInnes? I think the obvious answer is, oh, of course you're going to trade Jazz. <clears throat> but I look at that Cronulla Sharks team. I don't think Cam McInnes is ever going to play huge minutes there. If one of them is going to come up with an offload or a try assist or something, I think it probably is Jazz. I think the rest of my team is pretty stacked elsewhere. I'm not really sure a world where I play them, either of them, unless Harry Grant's injured. If I go Jazz, I save about 80K that I can use elsewhere. What do you reckon? Got my head around most players each week coming into this podcast, and then about once a month you you throw up jazz to me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're still playing. I love um, a slice of jazz. I always have. So honestly, had not looked at him a little bit. Three round average of 61 points per game, minutes 50, 45, 54. So slightly up on the three weeks prior. Minutes aren't great is the only issue, but look, he's basing that time 51, 54, 59. That's really. It's not big. that much different to Cam McInnes. And put it, the one thing with McInnes is that, I mean, you'd probably say the same for Jazz to be fair, but you're really not going to want to play McInnes in your 17 for the rest of the season unless we really get there's restings and injuries and COVID outs and what sort of not. So, yeah, look, either way, I don't think it matters probably too much. Um, I suppose the upside in Jazz is that if he does start playing 65 odd minutes, which we know he can, they've got their back row depth at the moment that maybe they don't need to, but it is, is if all those other circumstances hit, he becomes a great play. Mm. Whereas Cam McInnes, even with bigger minutes, is only ever going to be solid. So, yeah, I don't mind Ole. And on Harry Grant, watched that game very closely, obviously, as a Raiders fan last weekend, and he hardly ran the ball. Um, Grant, he was just dishing, dishing, dishing out to Munster and Jerome Hughes. So, I think if the Storm hadn't dropped games going into round 18 and they were sitting comfortably in second, there's every chance he gets rested, but I reckon there are orders there for him to say, just, mate, we don't, don't overdo it. Get yourself through this game. Um, so I think Grant's a massive call. And then he was also eased minutes-wise through Origin in rounds 14 and 15 as well. Uh, so I think he's a, he's a great move. Now, before we got sidetracked down Jazz Avenue, uh, we were leading to Timmy Strades. Mine are pretty boring this week. I'm pretty much set in stone what I'm doing. But you, uh, you're on a bit of a weird and wonderful run mm. here with what you could do, a number of options. Um, yeah. One of your options is a huge pod move that I texted you yesterday and said, I've got a move that I'm going to make that you're going to hate. And then you came in this morning and said, you're going to hate the move that I'm going to make. And it, it, it's the same guy, just different timings. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So uh, before I go into my mad trade plans this week, Caelan uh, Ponger, yep. who I looked at and strategically speaking, sitting in whatever 370-odd at the moment, I'm not going to make up – like, I'm not going to win Supercoach by getting Manu into my team and Garrick's in the same week and all these top-owned players. <clears throat> so I need a pot of some sort. Caelan Ponga, who I was kind of like, oh, his average is pretty ordinary this season. He hadn't been scoring that well. Jeez, he looked good in origin. But, you know, coming back to the Knights who were battling. Then I went and did a look into the numbers. Firstly, he's 0% owned amongst all teams, basically. 69 last week, 86 the week prior. The week before that was the game against Penrith where he had his concussion. So he played about 15 minutes against the Panthers, so irrelevant. Before that, 72 and then 79 against the Broncos the week before that. On top of that, he gets a depleted Roosters side this week. Not a great matchup, but it's at home. And as I said, they're, they're missing a lot of players. Into the Bulldogs and Tigers. Then Brisbane, which is a tough matchup, but Suncorp Stadium, great for points. Raiders, Titans, Sharks. He's now goal kicking. And then 
one thing that I, I probably emphasise over and over at this point in the season is that our banks should be big enough that uh, prices shouldn't be too much of an issue. But money's still money, and he's $489,000. Yep. Mate, like, the Blues couldn't tackle him. If this Knights forward pack can start going forward and doing what they're meant to be doing, oh, it, it, like, he's really tempting, and, and it just... It basically, as opposed to going him over, say, Latrell, frees up $200,000 elsewhere. I really like the Caelan Ponga move. I wasn't planning on doing it this week. I was planning on leaving this Roosters game. And then the week after, as you've already ran through the teams they play, it's a really good run. But I'd also add the first game is a Sunday afternoon, two o'clock day mm. game. The next one's a Sunday, four o'clock day game. Then he's got the Saturday night at Suncorp. Then he finishes with a Newcastle day game, a Gold Coast day game, and another Newcastle day game. Yeah. They're all, pending weather, obviously, which we can't control, if it all turns out okay. The, the run, the matchups are unreal. There's probably a couple of games there that I might rest him for. Uh, but I, I also, I'm a big believer in, and it happens every year we get to the end of the season, teams that are fucking irrelevant, all the pressure's off their back, all of a sudden they start to play some rugby league. And, and even those games that you say you'd rest him for, like maybe the Broncos at Suncorp in round 22, aside from that, they get the Raiders at, at McDonald Jones, uh, I said, in a day game. I know, different teams, but yep. I think it was, it was only last year he put 150-odd on the Raiders. Yep. Um, Round 25 against the Sharks, if big if, but if the Sharks are locked into the top four with their soft run after Penrith, do they rest players? Um, there's, I, I wouldn't be sitting in too many games at all there. there. There's My idea before I spoke to you was to buy him for round 20, keep him for round 20 and round 21 where they take on Canterbury and the West Tigers, mm. and then I was considering selling him at that point. There's a world where if you can afford... The problem is that he's only at fullback. So if you can afford to do it, I wouldn't mind holding him then for that Gold Coast Titans game and then moving him on as well. Mm. You need to have a lot of trades up your sleeve. Uh, but, mate, I think the Kalen Ponga play is a big one. Now, we have to talk about it. I mean, you said before, oh, he got knocked out in that game, so that's irrelevant. It is something that worries us with KP. He's too fucking tough for his own good. He puts his head where I wouldn't put my foot week in, week out. For me, that's the biggest gamble with KP. I'm confident he's going to score well on the run home. <coughs> But it, it does worry me how often he gets hit late, how many times he gets whacked, the way that he goes up and catches balls. Like, it is a punt when you, when you look at it from that angle. It is uh, a massive concern. <clears throat> at the same time, we go Latrell Mitchell, who we'll get to in depth very shortly, who is also coming off bugger all games in recent years with an injury history with a massive suspension risk. So, like, he has concerns. Um, as I said, at 0% ownership, there's... There's issues around Caelan Ponga. He is a risk. Like, he's averaging, what, 53 or something this season, but I'm willing to look past the pre-sort of origin where he's, he's gone nuts since. Um, and it's, it all depends on what you're after. So I'm 370-odd thinking I can play conservative and probably finish top 100, top 150. Mm-hmm. And that's like, cool, that's a respectable finish. But is getting Latrell going to help me finish first when... Probably 100% of the top 100 are going to own him uh, after this week. It's probably not going to do much for me, is it? Yeah, fair. So, so yeah, and then that, uh, on to that. Basically, if you're looking to jump um, ranks rapidly or maybe you're sitting 1,000th and you're going, you know what, I still think I'm in the hunt based off what the boys are saying or your own thoughts. Well, you know, Pong is the man that can do it because we know he can go 200 on his day, especially with his goal-kicking duties. Just need the bloody Knights to start showing up. Yeah, which... They've got the team on paper to show up. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why they shouldn't be better than what they are. Let me ask you this. Top 100 right now, no one owns KP. When we're sitting here next week, what would the percentage ownership be, do you reckon? 
Well, we'll get how, how many listeners a week do we get and how much of our, how much of our bullshit <laughs> how many of them buy? are relevant yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I, i'm pretty sure that i'll be one next week I, my, my plan is to move to him next week my plan is to go let cola play another week collect a bit more money it's pretty cola's been a weird one he's now i think he's he's close to 500k with a negative mm. 16 break even so he should he, he should start to make some coin i mean realistically I think next week I'm going to have a downgrade option from Cola to KP, which I absolutely yeah. love. That's going to be my move. Now that's one of your trades. What else have you uh, got? That's not locked in. That's yeah. I, I've. So let's talk through this. Um, I have a lot of options and pull me up when needed, ask questions, and I'll just ramble. So let's start with Troy Mitchell, who's yep. who's, as I said, massive ownership, surprisingly high. I couldn't believe how many had him. James Tedesco is like 10% ownership among top-ranked teams. So that excites me. Uh, now, that'll grow this week as people go Pappenhausen to Tedesco. But I love Pappy in sort of – he'll still be in pod terms after this with a bit of luck. But Luttrell, we've spoken about it time and time again, but his draw. Storm, Sharks, Warriors, Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, Roosters. Um, <coughs> that's very, very tough going. And, and I won't go into it too much because I've said it a bit, but it's not Luttrell's ability to go well against – gun teams which concerns me it's the bunnies ability to step up because if they don't and they give us what we've seen earlier in the season up until the last two or three weeks they could be belted in a few of these games and Latrell might not have opportunities so I'm steering away from Latrell um again if I was consolidating top 10 or whatever I'd probably just lock him in and be the safe option but you know I can see how where Caelan Ponga could outscore him on the run home uh, just on Teddy, just something to add there. And obviously, I'm a non-Teddy owner. Um, I have a look at his scores over the last few weeks. He scored a 99 last week. Uh, you know better than me what he scored. A try in the 78th minute or something. Very yeah. late, very the, late the try. The one thing that went well. On the, the one thing that went me. well, yep. You, if you take that <laughs> out, the reality is, if you take that one try away, Teddy hasn't scored above 65 in the last month. Look at those three matchups, though. And he was going through Origin. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, too, that you're now going to throw Luke Keary back in there, who I love Luke Keary, but respectfully, it hasn't worked for the Roosters this year. Mm. You don't know the impact that's going to have on them in the next few weeks. And I know that we talk about the South Straw, how much of a nightmare it is. I mean, they play, the Roosters play Newcastle this week. Then they play Manly, who are in the, the hunt for a top mm. eight, who have been playing well. They play Brisbane, who are a top eight team. Cowboys, who are a top four team. Tigers at the SCG, that yep. should be an onslaught. Then you finish with Melbourne, and then you finish with the Rabbitohs at the opening of the new stadium. So you, yeah, no, that, that's fair. It's a tough draw. And just quickly, I forget that I'm uh, people listening to us via podcast as well as maybe watching it uh, and pointing these out. Those three games were Melbourne, Parramatta, Penrith, uh, where he averaged True. 55, 60 during that time. Um, also, the yeah. people on YouTube can't see the screen either. So yeah, probably <laughs> worth pointing out. Yeah, <laughs> good shout. Another spanner in the works. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm speaking to a veteran of the camera next to me, so I, like, I'm a bit more new to this sort of stuff. Um, so you're looking at antipodding? Yeah, I'm not going to bring either of them in this week. I, and next week, I'll, I'll reassess, but I'm leaning more towards KP over both of them. Yep. No, not fair. Um, all right. rest of my manic trade plans this week. Um, say I do go... I'm, I'm talking myself out of Luttrell, but my initial plans were to go Pappenhausen to Luttrell. My next trade... So this is the other one. Originally, I was going Brandon Smith to Harry Grant. Yep. Now I'm looking at it going... Reese Robson, who scored 40 last week, he'd scored tries in five of his six games prior to that. Jake Granville also on the bench. <clears throat> How good is Robson really going, Supercoach-wise, and is he going to be in my starting 17 on the run home? Maybe he's not that often. 
So what I can do for, you know, 250 odd K cheaper is get rid of Robson, hold Brandon Smith and have Harry Grant. Smith will come back off a three-week freshen up, get his body in order, look to be carrying a few little niggles there. If Harry Grant does go down, Melbourne are playing for top four spots, so I can't really see him getting rested. Or even if he does get rested, Brandon Smith comes in, plays big minutes at hooker, and I'm more than happy to play him as my nine uh, with Harry Grant out of that team. So I'm now considering getting rid of Robson instead of Brandon Smith. Um, what else we got going on here? Robson, to me, sorry mm. to interrupt you, mm. he's got a bit of a Brandon Smith feel to me, mm. like he did last year. As you said, he scored what a try in his last... I think he scored, what, five tries five in his six. last six? Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you look at his base stats the last three weeks, 46, 38, 40. Um, I mean, even with tries as a hooker, He's still gone sub-80 in, what, three of those yeah, games? Yeah, he's not killing you as a non-owner, is he's he? He's not. The, the the tries, I think, and I, I've never been a Robson owner. I love him as a footballer, but I keep thinking he's not as good as people keep telling me. But when you score a try every week yeah. for a month, it does change that. And personally, I think if you could sell him now for 615, exactly. that's huge. That's it. So that is a 250k swing to Brandon Smith. So I'm leaning that way. Um, what would... what? Trading Pappenhausen to Ponga would allow me to do with that mass extra money. And then say I traded Robson as well. I might be able to trade, I think it'd be more likely to be like a Sevo or, or a Staggs, but get Ruben Garrick in, who's just, uh, I went through his numbers. I knew he was going good. It's like, this bloke doesn't relent, does he? Yeah. Um, I expect him, he kicked the last goal on the weekend uh, when DC must have got an early spell, did he? So he's got that little hip injury, but he should get the kicking back, if not this week, hopefully next. I can go, yeah, a Sevar or Staggs to him and one less headache to worry about. Particularly if I am going a, a, a bit of a pod in Ponga, I don't really want to not have Latrell and then not have Manu and then not have Garrick. So if I get Garrick in there, feel a bit better. Um, see, the Para have a pretty tough run home, so I'd be happy to get rid of Sevo, maybe Staggs, who's extremely hot and cold. Uh, so these, these are all a part of my thoughts. Another one that I had for a little bit was prior to the, the Ponga thought and the Robson thought was maybe going laying down to Cam Murray, because to facilitate the third, the Harry Grant trade, I needed like another 12K. Um, another bloke I like this week at his price, you know, I wouldn't do it as a, if you had three, four, five trades left, but Payne Haas is super cheap. So if, if you can bring him in as a backup front row to free up cash for other trades, yep. there are so many really, really good options this week. Anyway, doing that all together, as it stands, I'm leaning towards Pappenhausen to Ponga. Uh, probably Robson to Harry Grant, mm. and then a centre wing to Ruben Garrett. I like it. Do you get that? Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, should we dive into their questions? Because there's a few of their questions that are actually relatable to what you've just <laughs> said, so it's probably good timing. First one comes from at Anthony F. Trell or Teddy for the run home. We've sort of already touched on this. If I, guns ahead, had to pick one of them, I would go Teddy, but I'm anti-potting both of them. If you had to pick one? I'm I'm pretty comfortable on Teddy on this one. Yep. Are either of them must-haves? No, they're not. Because of, yeah, I mean, we've sort of said all the negatives around them. Um, but I do prefer Teddy in that sense. Trell's run's just brutal. And there's just a lot of great fullback options, especially with, say you've got a stuck centre wing and you're looking, you don't own Garrick or Manu. They're also available at fullback. Drinky's got a dream run. Uh, plenty of good options. Yeah, I, I, I say Teddy, but... There is part of me that also says this Luke Curie and Walker combo hasn't worked overly well all year. It could stunt Teddy a little bit. Mm. But then part of me also looks at Latrell and goes, fuck, everyone's saying he's got a tough run and Souths are in trouble. This could just spur 
Latrell on even more. I mean, like, it, it's yeah. going to be one that we're going to oh. look back in hindsight and go, oh, oh that I'm, was... I'm not confident on it at all. Like, no? like, like the, the Bunnies have looked good the last few weeks. Granted, they, they leaked a lot of points. Like, Trell pretty well won that off his own bat against yep. the Doggies. Um, but if they have properly turned a corner, which, as I said, I think we'll know after this week, and they're competitive against these this opposition on the run home, Trell could go nuts. Like, yep. he, could, he could average 100 on the, on the run home and end our seasons, but these are the, the chances you've got to take because you can't own everyone. Yep. For sure. This one comes from Lincoln Collins. And he says, is Garrick a must-have? Now, uh, we just spoke about Ruben Garrick briefly. I've got him. Tim's obviously going to bring him in this week. His run home is St. George, Chooks, Para, Gold Coast, Cronulla, Canberra, and the Bulldogs. So it's an it's a pretty damn good run. The games that are hard, I'd say Roosters, Para, Cronulla, they're all at, at Brookvale Oval. So that definitely helps. So I think Ruben Garrick, personally, out of all the guys you said before, I don't want to have this guy or this guy, this guy. I think Garrick's the one that you just need to bite the bullet and find a fucking way to get him in. Yeah. And again, not a massive price difference, but 65K cheaper to Joey Manu, who's playing centre. Um, Rubes at fullback, probably back kicking goals this week. If not this week, you'd, you'd hope the next week. So, yeah, I think he's, he's a big go. And then... Add to that all. Oh, I was going to say Manu's Jules as well, but Jules CT dub fullback, it all helps. Yeah. And I think also with Garrick, you know what position he's going to play for the next eight weeks. That doesn't change. Mm. Whereas with a Joey, you're not sure. And I look at Ruben Garrick's run. I mean, games against St. George, Gold Coast and Canterbury, three of the next seven, he could be the top scorer of that weekend. If yeah. you don't have him, you're fucked. Yeah. You're gone ski. Uh, and yeah, as I said, just on that, but if there's any late changes and Joey Marnie gets moved to the halves and they look pretty keen on that, the Roosters, uh, my plans will tra- yeah. change. Hit the panic button, yeah. sell the farm. <laughs> yeah, back it. All right, our next one comes from Toddy G. Who's the priority, Val Holmes or Garrick? I think Garrick is, but I love Val Holmes for the run home. Mm. Absolutely love him. I'm hoping that... Oh, I'm, the thing that I'm worried about is that oh, I think most people will go Pappy to a Latrella or a Teddy. But I think a few more people might go Val than what they originally thought. Hopefully, people don't have the trade suit. But I think Valentine Holmes is going to have a huge run home this year. Yeah, I like Garrick uh, just position-wise more than anything. They're pretty similar in the sense that goal kicking, soft runs home. Val, it's just more likelihood to go low at centre. And I know he's a unique sort of centering that he does rove around the field a little bit more than the average centre. But uh, I think Rubes' floor is so high. Uh, because he has so many runs, he, he's kicking goals, all these sorts of things. Whereas at centre, sometimes the ball just doesn't go your way. If, you, if you're on one edge and the other edge is having a lot of success early, they might just pepper the other edge for a game. Uh, but, you know, both great buy, buys. But And just the other thing on that, again, if you're chasing ranks big time, go with Val. Go the, yep. go the massive pod. Uh, if you're consolidating or you're a head-to-head player, head-to-head players definitely go it. I think Garrick is the priority, but I think if you can find a way to get Val in, you need to. You look at his last five games, uh, his lowest score has been 58. Um, in that time, he's played Penrith, Melbourne, Manly, and Brisbane. Mm. He's scoring a bloody well, Val Holmes, and games to come, you know, Tigers, Dragons, Dogs, Warriors, there's some really juicy ones there for Val, in my opinion. He, he's a guy that I'm very, very keen on. For the run home, and I will be bringing him in this weekend. All right, our next one comes from Camo13. Hughes to Munster or DCE? Now, I said last week that I thought DCE was going to explode. He did very well. I think he's going to have a big run home. But I'll tell you what, if you're like me and you've got Jerome Hughes, now with Ryan Pappenhausen out, helps. Mm. I think it helps heaps. And I think that 
Husey scored, I think it was 57 on the weekend. He had two tries taken off him, which were fair knock-ons as he was getting the ball down. If he scores that two, those two, I don't even think we're having this conversation because he scores 100. I think I, I think it's very brave to use a trade to get rid of Hughes when he is a massive pod and everyone is already talking about these two other guys. What do you reckon? After getting your smug Manu messages on the weekend, they're always just so like so sly. They're never anything obvious, but uh, watching Jerome Hughes have those tries disallowed by the smallest of margins, I was like, thank God he hasn't gone his way. But um, yeah, mate, I think you're you're better positioned to talk about it than me, Jerome Hughes, as an owner who watches him so closely as us super coaches tend to do. So, yeah, happily hold if you want. In terms of Munster or DCE, I'm Munster. He's just, I know he's probably playing a, a little bit wounded, but and, and as per Hines, I think he lifts with Pappy out. DCE, I mean, he's very good, isn't he? But I think if he were to continue goal kicking for the rest of the season, I'd be a lot keener. But without it, I worry about maybe his floor if there's weeks where Manly don't get up. So I'm, I'm Munster. And I think that, that, that's a big thing to point out. Obviously, DCE did kick on the weekend. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would assume he probably got 20 points off goal kicking, something along those lines. So yeah. that 110 turns into a 90, which is a good score, but he absolutely killed it on the weekend, Chaz. Yeah. Um, as, I said, as I said last week, if I didn't have Hughes, I probably would go for Chez, even though it's the more popular trade. But now that I've got Hughes and now that Pappy has been ruled out – and seemingly no one's talking about Hughesy. We know what he's capable of doing. I'm more than happy to hold him. But yep. coming into the back end without a monster, that, that would be pretty scary, I oh. think. So I understand where you're coming from, but I would seriously consider Kummer holding on to Hughes. I think he could be anything. All right, next one comes from Matty Dean. Thoughts on Nick Meany as a pod? <laughs> Goal-kicking fullback for Melbourne. Uh, Meany, good footballer. He's improved a lot down there at Melbourne. I've never been a I've never been a ticket holder in the Nick Meaney fan club, but I don't think there's any denying uh, that he's playing good footy this year. I'm not really looking at him, but I can see how it could pay dividends for other people. What are your thoughts on Nick Meaney? Yeah, look, remember earlier in the season where we were just void of fullbacks, yep. real weirdly for all sorts of different reasons, largely injuries to key players. Had it been that situation now, I'd like Meany, average of 69 across five games at fullback this season, takes up the goal kicking in a Melbourne team who now are playing for plenty, uh, as opposed to cruising in second place. They're now playing for a top four spot that they need to hold on to. I would have been keen. Uh, available at centre wing is the big factor. Yep. Um, but just because there's, there are so many big buys this week, and I just think he, he's down, down the scale there, massive pod play. And... And I'm willing to go for it. I mean, we talk about uh, Caelan Ponga, Nick Meany. Caelan Ponga's goal kicking for one of the bottom teams in the NRL. Nick Meany's about to take up the goal kicking as a fullback for one of the best teams in the NRL. So, you know, like, if why not? If not Ponga, why not uh, Meany? Uh, look, I'm going Ponga, but Meany, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it either, but I just, it, it's, it, it's not for me. Yeah, yeah, like, like would you forego... Garrick or Manu or no. Val Holmes or someone no. for him, probably not. Which is, you know, the question is, thoughts on Nick Meany as a pod? For me, he's not. For a lot of people, he won't be. So it could make him goal, realistically. Exactly. So if, if you like, if you got, I think at the back end here, your gut feels you just got to back him in. Yeah. You have to back them in here, which and, is and, why, and yeah. All these great buyers, we're looking for things to nitpick at to, yep. to find negatives, but there aren't many in a lot of them. And yep. like Meany's another one. All right, let's move to Blake Overton's question. He asks, Kickout or Murray? I'm also going to chuck Ryan Madison in there. I do not have any three of these guys. I know you are a kickout owner. Um, 
if you had to, if you if you could bring in any of these three for the run home, which of the three would it be? Cameron Murray, mm. love the boy, uh, and I've got so much enjoyment out of kick out. Uh, I don't think I'd really been an owner in the past too often, except the year that he he was a rookie and started bottom dollar and just went berserk. Um, but he just keeps getting attacking stats, and that was sort of the reason that I held him because we know he is attack reliant. Basing thirty four this season is pretty ordinary, but as if he's not going to keep getting attacking stats. That being said, when he does score his tries and get his assist, it's still only like 80 to 100. So, you know, if Cam Murray or Ryan Madison with their 50 to 60 base per game score tries and set them up, they're going 100 plus. So I, I do think their ceilings are probably higher. Uh, but yeah, I, I've enjoyed the kick out ride. He's done nothing wrong by me. Five round average, 78 points. I'll be holding on. But yeah, I mean, as an order, as an order, I'd go Cam Murray... A fit Ryan Madison. Let's see how he returns and then kick out. I will never forget. I think it was 2019 where kick out really exploded. Mm. And then we got to draft weekend and I drafted him second round. And the year before he was just, he was pumping out these great base stats. And I remember just sitting there halfway through the season going, where the fuck is yeah. this guy yeah. from last year? What is happening? The roller coaster had begun. Absolutely loved it. But uh, yeah, he did well for you on the weekend. I mean, very typical kick out, score 70 in four and a half minutes. Yeah. And then score another 15 the rest of the game. But he did well for you. You, you ended up captaining him, didn't you? Oh, no, you went Pappy in the end. Kick didn't out. You? you don't even look like you're taking the piss right now. No, I don't. No, I, did, did, did you say to me during the week you, you were considering going kick out? Or am I imagining that? No, you've lost the plot. With uh, that must flu, have been mate. someone else then. Okay. Anyway, you suck, so we'll proceed. (laughs) Um, All right, Mitch Woods, two hookers you need for the run home. I'm going to throw out the argument you don't need two. I'll throw it over to you, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, when I say you don't need two, you need a decent backup, but that backup might be a Robson or a Brandon Smith who you might not play in your 17 most weeks. So do whatever... Or oh, Jazz. Yeah, of course. Do whatever you can to get Harry Grant into your team. Make him your starting nine and just have a backup option that you can play when you need to or if Grant goes down. If you were going to have a second hooker, I think it has to be Damien Cook, doesn't it? Cook, he's averaging like 78 or something absurd this year in what's been an ordinary Bunnies outfit. So, uh, again, the Bunnies tough draw doesn't help him, but uh, look, I think Cookie's number two, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's having a good season, Cookie. He's going very well. I just, I don't know what, I always struggle to, I always struggle to sort of... I think with Cookie, I look at him and I'm like, you've got so much upside, but I just don't see enough of it. I feel like I'm paying for that upside of Cook, but I don't quite see enough of it every single week in Supercoach. How's that though? So one score under 50 this season, that was a 46 in round two against Melbourne at Amy Park, basing 49. I don't know how that compares to previous years, but that's fantastic base. I think it's pretty solid for him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you need to have two hookers, but... In saying that, if I come up against a team with Cook and Grant, it is going to worry me. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Um, this one comes from George84, says, still hold Cotter. Now, personally, I think if you've held Cotter this long, you might as well just fucking hold him until he comes back. He could be a huge pod. Um, if you've held him this long, I don't know what's pushed over the edge this weekend to suddenly need to sell him. Yeah. If you're going to Grant, I get it, but I'd love to know who your other hooker is and why you're not moving them to. Yeah, oh, I think you've summed it up, mate. If he becomes Harry Grant, for sure, but if you've held him this long, just hold him on. And the other thing I'll say on that, when he does come back, hammy injury, he probably gets restricted minutes, so I'd be hesitant to play him in my 17. Yeah, yeah, fair. I, th- I think if you are holding him, you're holding him for 
two weeks after he returns yeah. to then use him yeah. as a bit of a pod. Um, this one comes from Adam Hobbs, Hobbsy. Uh, Leilua against his former club. Now, Leilua's interesting. Uh, named in the front row mm. this week. When I had a look at the Tigers' draw on the Tigers' uh, team, I'm just getting it up now. I don't mind the look of their bench as far as Leilua goes. I, sorry, not Tigers, the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know how on earth this is going to play out for them. I'm not sure, but you've got Hamiso there. You got Jake Granville, Tanoa Browning, and, and Griffin Neem. Now, Tanoa Browning, Neem, they don't play huge minutes. Jakey will play sort of through the middle as a roaming thirteen role, and then you got Hamiso. I don't mind it for Leilua. I'm not. I don't know how it's going to mm. play out, but I think it could have been much worse for him, considering he's not starting on the edge. Yeah, I think based on what we've seen from Todd Payton this season, that it'll probably surprise me. I was going to say it surprised me to see if Jake Granville stays there because he's gone with one of Hammer or Granville on mm. the bench. He's now got both of them. But then I look at the extended bench. They've probably not got, like, Connelly Lumi Lumi is another, you know, outside back converted forward. So Riley Price is a front rower that they Riley could bring Price. in. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see Granville drop out of this team come game day. Uh, last game of the round doesn't help. In terms of Luciano... He just, I don't think he'll get the minutes in the run home. Got 80 on the weekend on the edge, but that was without obviously players in the side. So I think there's better options. Is there a world where Gilbert and Leilua potentially swap? Where Gilbert plays as, as a middle? middle? Like he, he has done it quite a bit yeah, this season. Possibly. I could, it'll be interesting. Like if Leilua's used through the middle early and then shifts out to the edge and does find big minutes. Different then he story. becomes very interesting. Yeah. So I, I think he's one that we all need to watch very, very closely yeah. this week. Uh, mate, another guy, we, we don't have a question on him, but he's obviously next to Leilua in this team list, Joe Offahengawi. Uh, we saw Jackson Hastings move into the 13 role last week. For me, uh, too many chefs in the kitchen. I don't think it was working personally, but uh, it seemingly had a bit of an impact on Joe O. Scored 55 on the weekend, played 56 minutes, 51 in base. Definitely a drop from what we've seen the last few weeks. Have we dodged uh, a bit of a bullet here? I wouldn't say dodged because he's done a great job for those that brought him in. Uh, and he's now at 600k. So I'd watch his minutes this week. As I said, 56 last week. And if they're down around that mid-50s again, uh, down from his 70-odd that he had been playing, if not more... Um, I'd look to move him on to a, one of those gun second rollers. You could nearly do it this week for someone with way higher upside. But mm. look, on the, on the scores he's been dishing out, five-round average of 69, you maybe even one more week. Next one comes from Zach Logan. Any love for Connor Tracy? Now, I love Connor Tracy. I think he's an unreal footballer. Uh, he has come in for the Cronulla Sharks out on the sting once again. Outside Ramian, so <laughs> it's good real estate, but... It's not fantastic. Like, there's problems mm. with it. There's a, there's a shit under the bed that you haven't found just yet. <laughs> um, I I don't think I could do it with Connor Tracy just because he won't get enough ball from Ramian for me. Where, where do you sit on him? He's such a good super coach player yeah. when he gets minutes. So, obviously, averaging 57 this season already. Uh, 500k, Brayhaven 83. Tough matchup this week. If you get some decent ball and gets his tackle, it's like... Haven't seen him play winger for a while. Played a lot at centre, halves, wherever else. So if he comes out and has like 20 runs, which he could do because he, he loves it, loves yep. getting into the dirty stuff. I have no doubt he'll have yeah, a runs. Yeah, yeah, with Cronulla's run home and you can get him at, say, 480-odd next week as a pod. Uh, I don't mind it, but, you know, not this week. And I think as well with Connor Tracy, he's the sort of guy that I think they will kick to Molotalo on their long kicks mm. and they'll, they'll, they'll let Tracy take that 
that run on first and second instead of dealing with Mulatalo yep. there. So I think he will get a, through a bit of work. Can I ask you this? Were you at all concerned that Tracy might have taken Siffa's spot last week when he was named at centre and Siffa was in the 17 jersey? Oh, not really. Uh, only because, oh, like, it was a concern. Mm. Oh, sorry, it was a thought, but Sharks been firing this season. Siffa's been fantastic at centre. What, like, and also what he does for their yardage is yep. so important. Yep. So I don't think they need to move him back to the, the back row just for that reason alone. Um, especially now with Katoa out, who turns out pretty big yardage, even more reason. Oh, there's no issue now, is there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, from G-Bone Stake says, how high are we on Val's run home, a Katoa replacement? We've already spoken about Val in depth. I think for a Katoa replacement, he's perfect. If you don't have your Garrix, if you don't have your Manus, if you don't have your... your Brian Tottos, these sort of guys, I think Val is probably arguably the best choice as far as value goes. I think he's got a break even of about 23. I think he's about 600K at the moment. I just think he's the perfect guy to go to. Yeah, yeah we've we spoken about him in depth. Uh, one we haven't spoken too much on, uh, and I won't go on about it, but I'd probably narrowly go Brian Toto ahead of him. I just think on the end of that Penrith back line, but both fantastic. Yep. Last question comes from Lachlan. What do we do with Cola and Mam? I assume most people would be moving Mam to Munster. Last week, this week, next week, I'm, I think it has to be done sooner rather than later. If you've already got them, maybe you can move Mam to a Drinkwater, a Hughes, a DCE, one of these guys. Kohler is more interesting for me. Now, I've still got him. I've played the very, very long game with Kohler. It has been, uh, I wouldn't say it's been easy, but now I feel with DCE, he's one of those ball players that when you earn his trust, He's got you. He's got you. And you look over the last four weeks, he's scored four tries. Um, scores of 75, 38, 183. Really good matchups on the way home. St. George, Roosters, Parra. Then you've got Gold Coast, Cronulla, Canberra, Canterbury. I think Manly are going to be one of those teams that's going to be fighting for a top eight spot. Or even if they're in the top eight, they're going to be fighting for a home final week one. So I don't see them really resting many guys. I really want to move Cola to KP next week. But the more I look at Cola, and if he comes out and has a big game for Manly where DCE uses him again this week, I start to wonder if he's a pod for me to keep. What are your thoughts on Cola? Yeah, I moved him on, I think, round 17. Uh, I still think he's a sell. Um, it's a nice run home, but he does have the Roosters and, and Eels after this. Again, it's, as you mentioned before, it's at four pints. It's not the the, mo- the hardest draw in the world. Um I just think he can become his teammate, Ruben Garrick, his Joey Manu, Val Holmes, these blokes with way more upside, and he does have low scores in him, mm-hmm. uh, Cole. Like, you now got a bit of value off him off the back of a big couple of weeks. So, you know, you can maybe watch him and play him this week uh, with the Dragons matchup, get another price rise, but I'd be looking to move him on. And uh, Ezra Mam to Munster or maybe even like a Scotty Drinkwater at 5'8", lock that in. Yeah, I, yeah. I think his break-even's like minus 16 or something. Yeah. He's, he's almost 500K. So, be a great guy to move on next week, but I am... If he has another big game this weekend, which I think he will, mm. it is going to make it hard for me to move him on because I really like him and I mm. like the way that he's being utilised. Now, we mentioned at the very top of the show that captains are going to be incredibly important this week. We're going to dive into those now. Obviously, the headline acts. We've got Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary playing each other. It's coming to you from Bluebet Stadium, Saturday afternoon, 5.30. Uh, I think if you're going to VC or see one of these, it has to be Nathan Cleary. Take a bold, bold man, bolder than I and potentially stupider than I to take Nico Hines. Fair? Yep, definitely. I'm not going anywhere near Hines. As I said, I, I considered sitting him this week, but uh, Cleary over Hines for sure. And Cleary in a fired-up Penrith outfit, they'll 
is a huge play. I'm looking at VCs early in the week. You've obviously got Parramatta and Brisbane. I think that one will be reasonably close. I'm not sure if there'll be any blowouts there. DCE against the St. George Illawarra Dragons and Garrick. I don't mind those two for a VC. I, I think they could be good. Roosters, Newcastle, if we see Manu moved into the sixth jersey, uh, all of a sudden life gets turned upside down. We start to consider that. See how I say these, like, you have these sly digs. They're very subtle. Very sly. That very was another sly. one. Yeah, I know. I enjoyed it. I was well aware. <laughs> I'm sure they were too. Um, then you've got the Melbourne Storm taking on the Bunnies. I know there's been a lot of people that have been on the Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell train the last few weeks. I don't think you could possibly do it against this Melbourne Storm outfit. And Cameron Munster at the Melbourne Storm, he's probably the one that worries me the most as far as a guy that I won't captain. But I think there might be some people out there that might take the punt on him. Yeah, same, same. Wouldn't be going near a Bunnies player, Latrell included, but uh, a VC for a VC for Munster. Don't hate that at all. What about for feeder against the Canterbury Bulldogs? Did Sweet FA last week come up with 75 supercoach points, yeah. playing on the left-hand side now, which I absolutely love with his mate Tanner Boyd out yeah. there. Um, I've got him in my team. I, it's funny, I, I can actually VC him. I've got enough from the West Tigers. So I could actually make it work. So I'm seriously considering it. If the weather is pretty shit out there at Penrith, uh, I might leave Cleary and Hines and I might take a punt on for feeder because my captain this week will be Scotty Drinkwater or Val Holmes from the North Queensland Cowboys. Dry game for that week. I'm going to back in one of those boys against the West Tigers. Mm. What are you thinking? Yeah, there's all these... Uh uh, non-owners of Fafita on the weekend blowing up about his updates and getting 20-odd unicorn points of a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon when it updated around for So I'm sitting on the biggest issue you've got this week is Fafita getting 20 <laughs> unicorn points. I'm like, spare me. Uh, That's I, who Fafita is, though. It's always oh, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. because they find about another 15 tackle busts in the yep. update. So, um, Drinky v the Tigers. Skipper looks a great option. I'd be really tempted. As you said, the dry game up there in Townsville with a bit of luck. Uh, Penrith versus Sharkies. We look at Cleary and a couple of others. Maybe, oh, I don't mind James Tedesco against the Knights and McDonald Jones, but all likely to be wet games. Drinky v the Tigers. You must be really tempted. I'm very tempted. I'll tell you what. Fuck it. I, and I, I don't want to act like I had a bad weekend compared to you because I didn't. But fuck it shocked me when Chad Townsend picked up the tee last week. Yeah. <laughs> that one shook me early. That rattled me. Well, I, I had that in my, uh, my late mail of, you know, Drinky takes the gold kicking juice with Val out again. Uh, and then people saying, oh, mate, where was the, the mail about Chad? I'm like, no, I, I didn't think Chad knew he was gold kicking. <laughs> Fucking shocked me. Uh, but yeah, I, I think one of those two Cowboys uh, will be my C for that one. Big Chad. Yeah, big C. I'd be bold bringing Chad and give him the C. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I'm undecided between drink water and Val. I yep. probably will end up going drinky, but the Val for the goal kicking, I do like the play. Drinky, I like drinky for you, man. Yeah, is there uh, anything else you want to touch on? Mate, big show. I think we're covered. Yeah, well and truly covered. Guys, make sure you go out this weekend. Grab yourself, Jesus Christ, grab yourself a case of bloke in a bar. I believe Maddie is it tonight. Kempy's got the tracksuits dropping? Yes, tonight, 6 p.m. Yeah, tonight, 6 p.m., tracksuits dropping. They are comfy as all hell. Make sure you go and get your paws on them. And thank you to our major sponsor once again, uh, Blue Wealth Property. Make sure you go and check them out, Tony and the team. You can find them on all of your socials or reach out on their website. They'll take care of you like they're taking care of us at the moment. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. Make sure you tune in to the Supercoach Playbook podcast, Facebook, Instagram, everything. And if you're not already Rugby League Guru on whatever platforms or podcasts you can, 
And uh, cheers for tuning in again, guys. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 